Blood Covenant, Part 4 God's Viewpoint So, we understand that from God's perspective, he sees us in Christ. And when we look at our experience in living as a Christian on this earth and compare it to our position in Christ, which is a fact, we often find that there's a difference uh, about what we experience. And when we become born again, what we have to understand is that instantly God declares us in Christ. When you're born again, you instantly received your position in Christ from God's perspective. That's absolutely amazing. So even though you may still struggle with habits, um, old memories, um, you know, feelings, desires, actions that are are still corrupt, you know, part of the old nature that's supposed to be dead. <laughs> well, God sees you still as one of his children in a perfect state of righteousness and sinlessness. Now, how's that possible if you've got this sort of inner battle going on? Well, it's because you're in him, in Christ, through covenant. It's the grace of God. Now, it does not give us license to sin. No way. What happens when we're born again? And this is what can cause people to become despondent, uh, lose their enthusiasm that they had maybe at the very beginning when they were a babe in Christ. They start to compare how they're living in this world on a day-to-day basis with their feelings, with things that happened to them and who God says they are. And it seems to be there's a massive glaring difference between the two. Well, the thing is, what you have to understand so that you don't just go, I can't do this. Your position in Christ is because of what Jesus has done. In the last three podcasts, explain that. Because of what Jesus did as a sinless, perfect son of man, human being on earth. While at the same time being fully God, the son of God. It's what he did that gives us our position in Christ. Co-heir with Christ. If you do a Bible study on in Christ, in him. If you haven't done that before, it will blow your mind because you'll find out what God says about you. What your position in Christ is. 
as far as God's concerned, as far as the Father is concerned, from his perspective, that is a fact. So when we don't see that, perfection, because that's what we're talking about, Jesus is perfection. When we don't see that in our life as we go to work, as we deal with the children, as we're out in the traffic jam and someone cuts us up, (laughs) when we don't see the qualities of Jesus coming out through us, we realise that we're falling short here somewhere, what's going on? And for a new Christian, it can be confusing and upsetting, especially if there's nobody around to teach them about this and hopefully disciple them, because that's what we should be doing with people, discipling them, helping them to see who they are in Christ and to grow, mature. Because it's the mature sons of God that are led by the Spirit of God. But when we're born again, we're a babe. We're like a baby who's born on earth. Human baby. They have to grow up. It's a process. Then they become an adult. So with your spiritual life, it's all there. Your position is a given. It's a fact. And God treats you from being in that position through your covenant relationship with Jesus and now with God the Father. But the problem is that in our life on earth, we have to put into practice by faith of what God says in his word. And it says to us that we are to renew our minds so that our thoughts are transformed and our thoughts become our beliefs, our beliefs become our actions and what people see us doing. So we need to transform our minds. And the word says that we have the mind of Christ. So we want to allow Jesus to live through us. We want Jesus to be Lord of our thoughts, our words, our deeds, to live through us, his life, instead of our old life. And when we choose to bow the knee to what God's word says should be happening and then start to practice that, no matter what we feel, no matter whether we like it or not, actually living out what the Bible says we're now to do, it will start to take hold. And as we practice it, it will become the way we live And it does take practice and it does start as a, in seed form, if you like. And by faith, as we water it through reading God's word and 
acting on it, being doers of the word, not just hearers only, we'll start to see that we're growing and things that bothered us before or caused us to trip up before will no longer have that effect or as much of an effect on us negatively. And we'll start to improve and we start to grow, we start to mature. So it is a process, although spiritually what Jesus did is instantaneous for us when we're born again, actually walking that out on earth takes practice and we've got to want to do it as well. I mean, we have free will still. We're not robots. So we have to choose what we do when we have a choice presented to us. Do we lie? Or do we tell the truth? Even if it costs something. So we have to decide in our walk every day as a Christian what we're going to do and as we choose to follow God's words we're going to mature we're going to grow and there's going to be less of a difference between our position in Christ and how we walk that out in this physical body on earth so The scripture tells us that we are seated in heavenly places in Christ and we are a new creation in Christ. Yet at the moment, we still have to live in this world with all of its problems, a world that is still corrupted by sin and we still have old memories, habits that can try and take charge. So we have to deny the flesh. We have to say, no, I'm not going to go and do that. That's what I used to do. And now I'm going to walk by faith, believing that I am in Christ, that I have the mind of Christ. And as you speak these things out, the truth of God's word, God watches over his word to perform it. Now, all these things start to come together. They all tie in. It's a beautiful tapestry, God's word. So, When God has said that he's done something for you, it's a completed, finished fact. But to be able to walk it out in life, we first have to believe it. We still have to believe it. Even though that's our position, as from God's viewpoint, we have to believe it. Have faith in it. And so we have to learn to 
refocus, if you like, our natural faith from our earthly experiences to faith in what God says about us in his word. And it's the same thing as the, the concept of the seed. From our perspective, all we see is the seed when we're born again. God sees that we are the completed, finished product. We are the image of Jesus when the Father looks at us. But from our perspective, our viewpoint, all we see is a seed. Because in our daily experience, we don't see the completed, finished product yet. We can focus on the temporal here and now struggles that we've got with the daily issues of life living in this world. And they can sometimes overwhelm us, especially when we're newly born again, babes in Christ. We might have everything the scripture says we have, but our experience doesn't bear it out as being true yet. That's what we think. That's what we see. So we just need to grow from this seed form into the the fully mature, complete adult. We need to grow into spiritual maturity. How do you do that? By faith. Same as everything else in the kingdom of God. By faith. Because the process of spiritual maturity, that happens as you realise your position in Christ, if you haven't done so already, you've done the study in him, in Christ, so you've realised that your position in Christ is a given, it's a reality, that's what God sees. And now though, to spiritually mature in your walk, you put it to work in your practical experience and you do that by faith. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 tells us, for we walk by faith, not by sight. So God's goal is that you grow out of this seed form, this babe in Christ, into the fully developed image of Jesus so that we do what Jesus said we would do and what was that he said he who believes in me the works that I do shall he do also and greater works than these shall he do because I go to the father and then 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 therefore if any man is in Christ he is a new creation. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. And Romans 5 verse 17 tells us, for if by the transgression of one death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Romans 8 
verses 35 to 39 says that we are to be overwhelming conquerors through our covenant with Jesus. So the Bible's full of scriptures that talk to you and me about this maturing, this development process. So the next question then is, how do you become transformed from what you are in the natural to what God says you are in your position in Christ? Well, it takes practice. That's how it comes about. As we walk by faith and as we live led by the Holy Spirit, God equips us and we grow and we learn. So we've discovered that our new life in Christ starts out in seed form, although it's fully completed from God's point of view. But we become transformed as we grow into a mature son of God. So the seed principle is basically where Paul taught us in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 46. The spiritual is not first, but the natural, then the spiritual. And basically, if you examine the teachings and parables of Jesus, you'll discover that he used many natural examples to illustrate spiritual truths through his parables. And one of his favourite natural illustrations was that of the seed. And in Luke 8, verses 11 to 15, Jesus compared speaking the word of God to seeds being sown in different kinds of soil. So he was saying that words are being planted. Wow. Your words are being planted. Are you aware of what you say as you go through your day? All your words. They are being planted. That's why we talk about decrees, speaking out the word of God. It is so powerful. What you say, what you speak out is being planted and it will grow and mature and produce a crop. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life, both of them are in the power of the tongue. Speaking words can bring life or death. So our words have to be chosen very carefully. What we say out of our mouth can build up or tear down. What we say out of our mouth can produce faith or bring doubt. And we know that without faith, it's impossible 
impossible to please God. Kingdom of God operates through faith. So, this seed principle, it's just like when a farmer plants his crops and he expects them to grow into the type of, you know, crop they're supposed to be. In other words, you know, if you plant bean seeds, then they're going to start out as tiny wee beans, but they'll grow up into the fully developed bean. Same way pumpkins, wheat, you know, you start off as a seed, you water it, and then it grows. And finally, it matures into the finished product and the crop. So looking at that naturally, that's actually, that process is actually a type of, like, living by faith. Because that farmer is planting that seed, but he's seeing it as a harvest. He's seeing it as this crop of mature plants. And living by faith... That process is, is similar. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Peter said, 1 Peter 1 verse 23, For you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable. That is through the living and enduring word of God. So here again, the Apostle Peter now refers to words spoken as seeds, which had produced a person who was born again into the covenant kingdom of God. And in John 1 verses uh, chapter 3 verse 9 it says no one who is born of God practices sin because his seed abides in him and he cannot sin because he is born of God so here you, you've got the apostle John stating that the seed of the very nature of God is within someone who has been born again into the kingdom of God into that covenant and Jesus was speaking about faith in Matthew 17, verse 20, when he said to them, For truly I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. So Jesus here was referring to the size of a mustard seed, which is extremely small. And he was comparing it to faith expressed by speaking words into a situation. So there's many illustrations where this uh, principle of, of a seed um, maturing is used to illustrate spiritual truth. Because spirit, our spiritual life, it does start as a seed. Although in Christ, 
that's how God sees us. It starts as we walk it out on earth as a seed. I mean, life is a gift. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and might have it abundantly. So when life is produced, it's instantaneous. It's a finished product in the form of a seed. It has all the characteristics and the capabilities that it will ever have, but only in a minute form. It's got to grow and experience living to fully produce the end result of what was begun in that embryonic form. So living is an ongoing experience. It's the walk, it's the growth, the development of the person that started in that seed of life. Because in that seed form were all of the gifts, the talents, the character of the father. And this is the same as our spiritual life that has begun as a new creation in Christ. That seed form will grow and develop and take on the image of the father. The seed that produced the new spiritual life within us was the Holy Spirit that was given to us when we were born again into the kingdom of God in that covenant relationship. The Holy Spirit came to reside within us, live in us, and in him are all the characteristics and attributes of Jesus. If you are born again, you are a new creation in Jesus Christ. You are in union with him and have been endowed with his divine nature by the Holy Spirit who lives within you. Talks about this in John 15 verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Wow, <laughs> that is amazing. So if we remain in Christ, renew our mind, we walk by faith and not by sight, and we watch the words that come out of our mouth because they produce crops of what we're speaking out of our own mouth, then we can see our life transformed to where that gap in the world right now as we walk it out in our day-to-day -day life become much, much smaller between that and what God sees as a given as our position in Christ through what Jesus did for us through the blood covenant and that great exchange that I talked about all the different things he took that were ours and he gave us 
that were of him, the wealth, the health. He took the stripes. We get the healing. So God operates the same way he tells us to operate. God operates by faith. Faith sees the end result of something from the beginning. God says he sees the end from the beginning. Faith sees the finished product of what we are exercising our faith to produce. So Jesus gave you life and from God's perspective, he gave you a, a position. And that position is what the Bible refers to as being in him or in Christ. So if you haven't done a study on that, I suggest you do a Bible study on those words, in him, in Christ. And it will so bless you to find out who you are now as a born again child of God in Christ. The benefits that Jesus has given you, that he's made possible through this great exchange, through the blood covenant and the covenant that God has accepted Jesus as our kinsman redeemer. He represented us. He was our substitute. And now we are in Christ, positionally in Christ. So God sees you as a finished product of his faith in action. He does not see you as a sinner, a failure, weak, poor, sickly. No, God sees you as though you were Jesus himself, righteous, an overcomer, strong, courageous, wealthy, healthy. Your position is in Christ and that position's come to you. Because you're in covenant with God through Jesus Christ. So, as you start to operate in faith, as you start to pray for things like receiving healing, um, financial miracles, overcoming things like fear, maybe finding favour with someone in a work situation. There's so many things that you will see that the results improve as you mature in Christ. You start to receive what you wanted God to do for you. But previously were disappointed and discouraged about him apparently not doing for you. When you started to lose your enthusiasm because you didn't understand why that was happening. 
those types of experiences are normal for many new Christians. And many new Christians find it difficult to actually find someone who does the things that the Bible says um, that they can do. And that is a tragedy um, that so many Christians that leave the kingdom of darkness never really grow. They stay babes in Christ and they become the norm. They become the, the sort of examples that a new Christian sees around about them. But it's not the way we're supposed to be. We're supposed to grow, starts in seed form, if you like, on this earth as we walk it out physically in the natural, but we are to mature and grow as we read God's word, as we speak out aloud what God says about who we are now in Christ. We have the mind of Christ. We're new creations. The old has passed away. As you start to speak out God's word about who you are in Christ, as you decree it from that position that God sees you are in right now, seated with Christ, as you decree what God says you are now, it comes to pass. Even starting with faith like a mustard seed, Jesus says that you will speak to that mountain, whatever it is, whatever that problem is in your life. As you use the faith that is in you to speak allowed to that problem you will see it move you will see it move as long as you don't give up as long as you don't start getting into fear as long as you don't start doubting as long as you don't start thinking the way you used to think like oh what if as long as you cast down thoughts that the enemy tries to bring along don't receive them from him and you'll know that it's not from God if it doesn't line up with God's word. Test the spirits against the word of God. What does God say about this in his word? So don't think of yourself as this terrible sinner who's poor and wretched and because you do hear people who are Christians saying that about themselves. That's not the position that God has put them in in Christ. That is someone who is still a babe in Christ, who doesn't realise who they are in Christ. And that is a tragedy because Jesus has done it all. He said it is finished. There is nothing else or more that Jesus could do for us. In Christ, we have it all. And so, as we mature, as we walk by faith and not by sight, as we turn off the TV, <laughs> as we are not conformed to this world, 
as we come out of Babylon and the world system, as we focus on the word of God and realise that this place is not our home, we're citizens of heaven. At the moment, we live in an earthly body. The Holy Spirit resides in that earthly body. We are the temple of God. We're precious to God. We're the apple of God's eye. And so we have a high priest who knows what it's like to live in this world as a human being because he did. But he overcame everything. He was sinless. And his victory is our victory. We have the victory in Christ, so we can live in this world the way God wants us to live, by faith in him, in Jesus, in the Son of God, by faith in God's word, by faith in what God says we are, what God says we can have, healing, wealth, health, a sound mind, not fear. God does not give us a spirit of fear. When we read and study and memorise God's word, then we can find that it will quicken our mortal body and energise us and give us that hope that others don't have who are not born again. We have the Holy Spirit in us. We are in covenant with God. If we go right back to the very beginning, talking about the blood covenant, it is absolutely awesome. And this, even these four podcasts, they've just scratched the surface. You go and do your own study on the blood covenant and everything in it and expand on what I've shared here. It's truly incredible. God, the maker of heaven and earth, he has put his Holy Spirit in us. And we are seated in Christ in heavenly places, far above all principalities, all powers of darkness, all wicked rulers, all of those things that sometimes frighten even born-again Christians. No, we should not be frightened of those things because we are seated in heavenly places far above them. When we get the revelation of who we are in Christ, it will change our whole lives. We will not pray pleading to God to please help us. We are impoverished. We are just crawling about in the dust, the dirt. No, when we understand and get a revelation of the truth of who we are in Christ, we will decree we will declare, we will speak forth 
what God says about a situation. And we will see that situation conform to what God says. We will see that as we tread on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, nothing whatsoever shall harm us. We will see that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And we will realise that we are the righteousness of God in Christ. That is so incredible. That should go with us for the next few weeks <laughs> as we go about living our life on earth as a representative of Jesus Christ on earth with his Holy Spirit in us. We're God's people. We have the living God in us. And if we meet people who don't yet know Jesus, we can share that truth with them. Because Revelation 12, 11 tells us, we overcame him, the devil, by the word of our testimony, speaking out our mouth about God and what he's done for us. And the blood of the lamb, the blood covenant, it's a done deal in our life as a born-again Christian. So we need to live that out. And then the last part, which people forget to mention, loving our lives not unto the death, which means dying to self, dying to anything that previously we would have chased after, gone after, and submitting to the will of God for our life and God will use us to do things that we will be astonished at he will use us and he will bless us in the process and so we can live in the blessings of Abraham. We can be the head and not the tail. We can be blessed coming in and going out. And the truth in God's word can be seen in our lives by other people. They will see a difference in our lives. And if we live the way God intends us to live, people will see it and want it too. They will see Christ in us, the Holy Spirit, that light of the world. They will see it and they will want it because that is also the love of God and this world needs Jesus Christ like never before. So we have entered into this blood covenant with God when we became born again. A covenant is a very 
powerful. There's all these steps that I've explained in the first podcast uh, in the natural and then what Jesus did in the blood covenant, going to the cross and then taking the stripes on his back and then the great exchange. He took all our rubbish, all our sin, all that darkness upon himself. He was separated from his father so that we would receive all the benefits of a relationship, an intimate relationship with our father, Yahweh. So I hope this blessed you and it is just scratching the surface, but it gives an idea of the incredible blood covenant that Jesus has made available and that we have now entered into as a born-again believer. He was the only one who could do it, our kinsman redeemer. And so we should be living now for him, operating by faith in the kingdom of God, our Father, in covenant relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen.